Hello everybody, welcome back to 929. We are in chapter 5 of Amidbar Numbers. Hey. Um, so, this chapter talks about the sanctity of the camp. And if you have Tzarat, we should send them out of the camp. And we have the very, very, very additional laws of the guilt offering for dishonesty. Um, um, and we have, you know, and it says, you know, first thing you should do is confess. And we see that in the rules of Teshuvah, the first, I think Teshuvah is a process of four major steps, four or five, don't, you know, I'm not sure the number, but the first step is definitely to confess um, and to verbally say it and to apologize, whether it was um, bad, um, uh, a negative commandment or a positive commandment that we didn't do or a negative commandment that we transgressed. So we must first confess it. Um, it says here, it, it compares it again, and I'm sure we looked at it before, that if you, if a person confesses verbally but has not resolved in his heart to repent, it is like immersing, immersing in a ritual pool with holding a, um, with a creature that has, that causes ritual impurity. Rambam says that. And then it transitions to talking about the laws of gifts to the priests. Um, that basically whenever a man gives to the priest, it is the priest. Um, <clears throat> and then we have the big, big part about this chapter, which is what the focus of the chapter is all about. And something I'm also very passionate about. Um, passion or unpassionately about, you could say. Um, and it is about the suspected of adulteress, Isha Sutta. And I'm sure many, many people know about this story. Um, it is where we pick upon, I mean, there's a whole, whole Talmud tracted, whole uh, book about Sota, um, literally like a whole Talmud, Gemara, Sefer on this matter, subject matter. Um, it is truly, truly, truly uh, like a tragedy. Um, just to begin with, um, it sucks that it's only for women. Uh, for a married woman if she is a suspect of cheating like there's no such thing if a man does it um, if he's a suspect of cheating <laughs> uh, which really frustrates me um, you know this is a man this is a man's world as we say and um, we're just gonna break it down we're just gonna look through it um, and basically you know, it's saying that if any man's wife goes astray from the ways of modesty, arousing 
husband's suspicion that she had acted treacherously towards him and had allowed a man to lie with her and have a seminal immersion, um, but the alleged act was not seen by her as husband. Um, and then all of those uh, things, you know, if she was really uh, secluded with the suspect adulterer for a sufficient time to actually commit adultery and there was no witness and she was not forced against her will, so rape, um, then in this case, you know, he basically has to warn his wife. Um, and um, let's, let's see what it says about that. God warned his wife, the Jewish people, not to be secluded with another man, quote unquote. And he said the words, you shall not possess an idol for another God so long as I exist. A deity, not, a, not an actual God. Um, but how could you possibly become secluded from God whose glory fills the entire earth? The answer is by being arrogant. Of the arrogant person, the sages taught, God says, he and I cannot dwell in the same place. Sota 5a. In other words, arrogance conceals a person from God. And this is why the word ahava, ahava, in the word ahava, um, have is the word have, which means to give. And the opposite of that is arrogant, funny enough. So the solution to this problem is to bring an offering of barley flour, which is referred to by the sages as animal fodder. In other words, the person needs to humble himself with the awareness that, compared to God, he is poor in knowledge like an animal. Rabbi Benachem Mendel Schneerson. So why is, why is this offering called a reminder of sin? I thought that was very interesting. You know, he has to... Um, the man, I think. Sorry. Yeah, the man should bring this offering. But it's, it's not of atonement, but of a remembrance of a, a, remember, a reminder of sin. Why? Um, because someone in this situation was in the wrong. Either the woman had an adulterous relationship or her husband falsely accused her. Accused her. And I love that. Rabbi Hezekiah B. Manoah, 13th century. He said that. And that was really like the only thing that I really liked. Um, I mean... There's nothing I really like, to be honest, but um, I like that he kind of gives this, like, sort of equality, um, a reminder of sin. I mean, actually, I, you know what, now that I really think about it, I, I don't like it. <laughs> but, you know, it's not, you know, <laughs> I hate this in so many ways because, like, the first thing is, like, you know, like what's wrong here is that he doesn't trust his wife you know he's jealous and and well the biggest thing is that he doesn't trust her um and he's gonna like he's willing to kill her 
Um, because he doesn't believe her. And that's like, that's like crazy to me. Um, and, and even if she was, even if she was right, um, we're gonna look more into this and the brutal acts, the stuff that she has to go through, even if she doesn't commit adultery, like just, just by embarrassing her in front of everybody, um, is so cruel from the, for the man, you know, just for his own, like, ego, for his own, like, she's mine, and his own, like, you know what I mean? So I just find this whole situation just, like, absurd and wrong, and to put someone in such a, like, difficult, hard situation, instead of, like, dealing with it, or talking it out, or, like, you know, why make a whole scene about this? Like, of course it's wrong, of course. But, like, there's just so many things, other things we could do. Instead of embarrassing her, number one. Not trusting her. Embarrassing her. And then potentially killing her. Like, how selfish are you to do this? Um, of course, if she did this bad act, like, she deserves her punishment, but, like... I just never understood this whole uh, ceremony, <laughs> if you, for lack of better words, ceremony. Um, um, and so basically, the priests <sighs> and the priest takes her, and he takes holy water, and in an earth earthenware vessel and the priest should take some earth in the tabernacle floor and put it in the water so he mixes earth and water he's mixing holy and humility from what i read here that the Baal Shem Tov says um he should uncover the hair of the head of the woman wow so from this very sentence this sentence right here this is where we take this whole now that rabbis wrote like this whole halacha that women should cover their hair um and i have my own opinion about this um to me it's like if god if this was so important and the zohar says it's very important the zohar says for one a woman covers her hair her children will be superior her husband will be blessed with spiritual and material blessings with wealth, children, and grandchildren. This is what the Zohar says. But I'm thinking to myself, you know, if this thing was so important, if it was really so important, why isn't it like one of the three major mitzvot that a woman does, which is like lighting candles, um, chala, and chala, and nida. The, to the Torah talks a heck of a ton, a lot of about Nida. So, and a little bit of Chala. Um, the lighting candles, I think, was brought up somehow. Not sure exactly how, but this is this is just me. In my in my opinion, this this thing was an act of, and I learned this with uh, my incredible mentor Angie Cohen, um, which was like 
she really opened my eyes about Judaism and made this whole subject extremely revolutionary. Um, you know, she basically said that covering hair, yes, it is halacha, officially, but it's mainly because of minhag. And if you and if you look at the book of halacha, a lot of the halachot we have comes from minhag. Um, and and there's I think now that number is multiplied <laughs> at least by two um, or more uh, of the Mina game basically people pick and choose and I again I think I said this before I don't see anything wrong with that you know for me it's like as long as you're like doing the right thing like you're being good you're not like being evil and bad and hurting others then like all you all for it (sighs) that's how i think um i feel like back in the day like the this was their way this was their mean hug they covered their hair and back in the day they also maybe i don't we don't know but they wore like you know, they covered their entire body from head to toe, and they did a bunch of stuff. And even today, even people who cover their hair, they, they don't dress like before. So, you know, how do you know? What do you pick and choose? What what do you what do you care? Like, Jews today look like everybody else, I feel. Um, yeah, more modest or whatever. I'm talking about orthodox people but you know we're not like look like looking like we came out of the desert like here and (laughs) bamidbar funny enough um so and it says here maybe he showed her head maybe he shaved her head who knows who knows he should place the remembrance meal offering, the meal offering of anger. Um, and basically, um, you know, if you really, you're going to drink this thing, we're also going to like, put God's name in it and because and all of this stuff like your belly and your adult nurse partners to swell to thigh of your partner to repute reperture and you're gonna die you're gonna choke and die um and she has to say like amen amen to accept the oath um and yeah she has to drink it and see what happens <laughs> but all, even before she drinks it she's completely embarrassed before all of this and and to think that all of this could be solved just with a conversation and just with trust and just by being good by following the other 10 commandments you know what i mean <laughs> you know what i mean but no we have to punish things 
very, 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 very harshly. The verse must be referred to her suspected partner in adultery. Just as the water tests her, they also test her suspected partner. If they are guilty, the waters will cause him to die in the same manner. His belly will swell and his thigh will reperture. Erase it in bitter waters, God's name. Great is peace between husband and wife, for the Torah states that the name of God written in holiness should be erased in the water given to the suspected wife. God allowed himself to be erased, something that is usually forbidden, so that a woman could prove her innocence, restoring peace between husband and wife. This in turn causes the divine presence to rest upon the couple. As it is said, husband and wife, if they are worthy by maintaining a peaceful relationship, then the divine presence rests between them. Nice. She will be proven innocent by the waters, and she will bear children. It means that if she was barren, she will become pregnant. This is what Rabbi Akiva says. But hold on. Rabbi Shmaya says to him, If so, then all barren women in the world will seclude themselves with other men, but not commit adultery, and, become, and then become pregnant from drinking the bitter waters. Any woman who did not seclude herself with another man will be the loser. <laughs> Wait a second. Rather, the verse teaches us that if she used to have painful births, she will now have easy births. If she used to give birth to short, short children, she will now give birth to tall ones. And if she used to give birth to doll-faced children, she will now give birth to bright-faced ones. So, Ta 26a. Interesting. The man will be absolved of, give, of guilt. If the husband is free from elect relations, the waters will test his wife effectively. If not, the waters would not test his wife. Therefore, when adultery became widespread, the bitter, the bitter waters were discontinued. Yeah. Um... So if she dies, the man will be absolved of guilt on his part for causing her death, since the woman will be responsible for her own sin. Uh, yeah, cringe. Just straight up cringe about this, um, this chapter. But I'm finally happy that I read this, you know, and also heard it in Hebrew. Uh, because it's a big one. It's a big topic. And it's just so mind-boggling how from this we have women today wearing wigs, prettier than their hair, making up new reasons why we cover our hair because hair is pretty and attractive and this and that. and Like, like I'm so turned off by all these reasons. Um... That, like, when you come to the bottom of it, the source of it, it just, like, excuse me, but, like, it just, it just doesn't make sense. And it's frustrating. 
to just be like following just because society does it and expects it and you know what i mean like all of this stuff and it's because all the religious and modern arts like what do you know what i mean like i it really gets under my skin and like the more i learn about it the more i'm just like no (laughs) um and it's very hard for me to grasp and to just do things because or because you know apparently i will have all these things that the zohar says and the zohar is like it's kabbalah it's like it's things that i don't know i don't even know how to like yeah um my family didn't doesn't cover their hair um married and and so you know so many so many things like that but anyway this is a long one (laughs) i guess because the last one the last chapter was short very passionate about it um and that's it Thank you for listening. Yashir Koach.